Matthew chapter 17. I tell you, on, on Thursday, the enemy was really trying to do a number. But he did not prevail. Matthew chapter 17, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. When you have it, say amen. amen. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased here, ye him. And I want you to notice that it was a dark, it was not a dark cloud like we see before a storm. It was a bright cloud. Verse 6 says, And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. You may be seated. There are all kinds of messages or subjects or, or that which could be said from this portion of scripture. But this morning, we want to talk about interruptions. Interruptions. There are all kinds of interruptions. There can be good ones. There can be bad ones. There are interruptions we wish didn't happen. And there are ones which we would like to happen. An interruption is to break the continuity or uniformity of something present. For example, when clouds cover the sun, this is an interruption of the sun shining on everything. When you wake up in the middle of the night, this is an interruption of your sleep. And many times we can't go back to sleep because of that interruption. Interruption also means to break or stop another person's speech or action. When a person is talking to someone and you begin to talk to them, whether you said excuse me or not, 
That is an interruption. How many will agree when you are involved in something pleasurable, you do not want any interruption? If you go to the movies, you make sure you go to the bathroom. You got your ticket. You make sure you got your drink, your popcorn, your seat, because you don't want no interruption at that movie. No babies crying behind you. You don't want nobody with their cell phone and the light come on in front of you. You don't want nothing because this is a distraction and will cause an interruption. And there is not a rewind on that movie that you can rewind it for something that you miss. I mean, they, they make the theaters now that the, the seats are so big and, and far apart that somebody can walk in and not disturb you. But back in my day, if somebody had to get up, everybody had to get up to let you out. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me, excuse me. And then they come back. Pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Such an interruption, you'll have missed half the movie. But that's not all. Even when you are at home, looking at your favorite movie, is one thing that you don't want is something to flash across the screen, breaking news. We interrupt this program, and, they, and, and whoever is coming up, at the, they're not at the mic stand yet. You still got to wait yep. to see what it is they want to say. They say it 20 minutes later. Your program come back on, and it's gone off. You have no idea, and, and back in the day again, you didn't have nothing that you could go get it back again. You couldn't rewind it. If you rewind that, you get the same thing, breaking news. Why couldn't you wait till the 11 o'clock news and say this? Just to tell me about a mosquito break-in that's gone in Florida and I'm here in Michigan. Interruption that I could do without. On the other hand, if it's someone you don't want to talk to, how many how many been there? Well, I, I know all of y'all hands to go up. E- either either use the person or the person trying to talk to you. But you're begging for an interruption. Oh, let that please let let somebody. They tell you it's going to only take a minute. They pull out their phone. Let, let me show you. And you said, Lord, let the phone ring. Let that be an interruption so I can get away from them. So, so I can go on. Five minutes later, they still ain't come to the point. Interruptions. But what about spiritual interruptions with God? There are at least two ways how God is interrupted. 
when he's trying to talk to you or in your communication with him. There are many more, but I'm just going to point two ways. And those two ways, prayer and praise. When you are praying or praising and someone come and hugs you, that is an interruption between you and God. I mean, a mother who, who has had a, a long day, all kinds of things have had that storm that they're going through. And they get to where they want to give, to give God some praise and worship and, and, and lift up their hands and they're talking to God. And the child is on the side tagging on her, mama, 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 mama. <laughs> All of a sudden that halo didn't come horns. You interrupted me with God. When you, you got your praise on and you, you're giving thanks and somebody comes in, how you doing, bro? Everything fine. You see, I was talking to Jesus. <laughs> Interruption. When, when, when God is speaking to you, he speaks to you through your voice. Sometimes there's such an interruption because when God's trying to talk, you would say, is that God talking? Shut up and listen. Hear what he is saying. He speaks to others. And he speaks through the word of God. When it comes to interruption with God, are you the interruptor or the interruptee? Are you the one causing the interruption or is somebody causing interruption with you? Do you stop someone else from praising God? Or does someone interrupt you when you are praising him? When you should be praising him and giving him praise and honor, are you interrupted in your mind just looking around? Interruptions. Things that we really don't want to happen. In the beginning, Adam and Eve had a spiritual interruption. When they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it interrupted their relationship with Father God. Amen. What tree from the world are we eating from that is causing an interruption in our relationship? Did you know disobeying can cause interruption with your spiritual walk and relationship with God? It can cause interruption in your conversation and fellowship with Father. Now, let's get back to Matthew. Understanding prior to this account with Jesus and his disciples, Peter was on a spiritual high. Oh, I mean, he, he, he was up, he was on cloud nine, if I could put it in, in that uh, point. He had heard from God and Jesus was blessing him. Jesus had just told him, and, and, and I'm, I'm from in Matthew 16, but Jesus had just told him that you don't ask the question, who do men say that I am? Peter had to answer. He got a word from God and said, thou art the Christ. 
And Jesus blessed him by saying, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. Amen. Let me tell you where you got that from. You got that from my father. And the blessing is upon this rock I'm going to build. And Jesus told Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, you know, Peter up there now. How many have had God directly speak to you? Some of you have spoke, he spoke directly to you and you don't know it. But you know God was speaking to you because nobody else knew this but you. That had to be God. Speaking either to a person, to you directly, or through the word. Like I said, some of you have heard God speak, but you have not yet recognized his voice. Kind of like Samuel. When, when God was calling Samuel, and Samuel get up and go run to Eli. Here I am. Boy, I ain't called you. Go lay down. But you've heard the voice, but yet you don't know the voice. Now, back up to Matthew 16, 19 with me for a minute. Matthew 16, starting at verse 19, it says, Jesus said, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then he charged the disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. If this was you right now, if Jesus was talking to you and telling you all these things, how would you feel? That's a question. Put yourself in Peter's shoes because Jesus was talking to him as well as the others. Jesus blessed him and told him something that no one else knew about. Jesus blesses you and you're blessed every day, but he has spoken to you something that you know he ain't said to nobody else. How would you feel? Would you question it? I mean, it's, it's a blessing to me, even when the Lord shows me something and it's confirmed by somebody else. I know I'm hearing from God because he said the same thing. But when he tells you something, but he ain't told nobody else and expect you to tell somebody else, Lord, is that you? Uh, I, need some, I need some proof here. But in verse 21, it says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Jesus was giving them the inside scoop of what is happening and what is going on and of what's going to happen to him. Did you know the word of God gives us the inside scoop just as well Amen. of what's going on today and what's going to happen? Letting you know that these signs shall follow. It talks about earthquakes and diverse places and, and wars and rumors of war. You're getting the scoop of what's going on today. And it was written a long time ago. 
Verse 22, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Peter was showing up high. Yeah. I mean, Peter, what you been smoking? You acting like, what is going on with you? But no matter how close you get to Jesus, don't think it's okay to interrupt Jesus and rebuke him. Right. Amen. Jesus talking to his disciples, telling them what's happening, and Peter, be it far from the Lord, uh -uh. I'm going to be right. Peter, did, you know, I'm going to have to let you know later on that before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me, and you're going to talk about being far. Right. Huh? You know, we, we can talk some, a lot of game, yep. but being far from thee, he said. I don't care how spiritual you get. You do not have what is needed that you can rebuke Jesus. Amen. Satan thought he had that kind of power, and look where it got him. Verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. In other words, Peter, you have no idea what you are saying right now. You have lost your mind. You are in your flesh. But Peter was feeling, he was feeling too good. I mean, Jesus, you, you done gave me the keys and, and I done heard from God. Hey, I'm up there. Has anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but has anybody ever uh, let their mouth write a check they could not cash? Huh? Said something and knowing that you cannot follow up. I mean, e even as a matter of, you tell, I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to do this. And your child ain't got so big that you can't whoop him. Oftentimes when children get of age, rather than whoop them, we start putting them on what we call a punishment. Go to your room. But you forget you done put everything in their room from television, phone, you name it. So what's that going to do? Look at verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. No man does more harm to himself than the man that loves himself more than God. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What is more valuable to you than your soul? Is it money? Popularity, power, 
pleasure of this life, is, are these things more value of you to you and more worth to you than your own soul? Uh, the Bible says that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, I ask you, would you be willing to suffer affliction with the body of Christ more than the pleasures of life with the world? If you find that those that you worship with are standing against something, would you stand with them knowing that the children of God are the minority and the word is the majority, would you stand with them and suffer affliction? That's a question that you have to answer. Verse 27 says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father, which is angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Whether your work was good or evil, when he returns, you will receive a just reward of what you have done in this mortal body. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Some believe Jesus was speaking of the transfiguration where Peter, James, and John was with him. Others say it refers to the destruction of Jerusalem in which John did see. And then some think it refers to the gospel after the resurrection and ascension when the gospel was made known, whichever it may be. In the next verse, we see the disciples spending quality time with Jesus, mainly Peter, James, and John. In verse 1 of Matthew 17, and after six days, six days, they were spending some time. Some of us can't spend six minutes. But after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. While they were there together, Jesus gave some quality time to his father. They had quality time with Jesus. Jesus was giving quality time with his father. And during that time, the disciples fell asleep. In verse 2, it says, Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. While this conversation was going on, Peter, James, and John woke and saw Moses and Elijah. And to, to have a, a greater a reference to what's going on, it gives you this in Luke 9, if you want to read this later in your own leisure. But Peter and John, James and John, woke and saw Moses and Elijah. Then Peter interrupted their conversation, still in the interruption mode. Luke says they were talking about his death that would take place in Jerusalem. But in verse 4, it says, Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Now he's he talking with Elias and Moses, and you're going to interrupt me? 
It's good for us to be here. If thou would let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Not only did he interrupt Jesus, but spake crazy. You going to build three tabernacles? Later, Jesus showed the disciples all these buildings built will be torn down. See, it's not the temple that we dwell in that needs. It is the temple that we live in and this body that needs to be built up. Amen. Not the building that we come in. This is the temple that needs reconstruction. Verse 5 says, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Now God is giving the interruption. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. This and only this is who you need to hear. Jesus will not reveal anyone to you but Father. And Father will not have you hear anybody but Jesus. Verse 6 says, And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. When you hear God, are you in rejoicing mode or fearful mode? And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, see, if you think about what they did, they were afraid. When we get afraid, what do we do? Hide and close our eyes. I don't want to see what's, I don't, I don't. But when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. The, the, the image of Moses and Elijah was gone. God does not, does not want you to have your attention or focus on nobody but Jesus. God will not accept idols of no kind for no one. Peter should have known this. Now, why do you say that, Pastor? Go with me to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. See, the, the New Testament were, had not been written yet, but they had the scrolls, scribes, and scriptures of the Old Testament. They had that which was written in stone. But Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Are you seeing the saints? See, as we grow in Christ, we must make sure that we are not holding up, building up, putting up any other gods before him. Amen. When you start building temples and buildings in the name of someone or after someone else, you are in danger of worshiping and making them a God. But look at verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above 
or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Is that plain or what? I mean, there, there ain't nothing beyond earth, water, and heaven, air. Huh? You want to add space? Well, it's up to nothing. Verse 5 says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. God is saying, those that disrespect me will get what they deserve from the third and fourth generation. Nobody going to get away. Many, meaning all are going to get what is coming to them at the designated time. So for us, what do we need to do today if that is what is happening? How can we escape this? Look at Mark 12 as we, we come to a close. Mark 12, starting at verse 29. And Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Now, saints, we are the sons of God. We are heirs and joint heirs. We are now spiritual Jews. So Jesus is saying to us, hear this, Mo Jesus. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. God wants our prayer and worship without interruption. God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. When you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you keep the first half of the Ten Commandments spoken. Now, look at verse 31. And the second is like, namely, this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. When you keep this, you are keeping the second half of the Ten Commandments. Matthew 22 and 40 said, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. With this I encourage you, don't, let, don't be interrupted by the cares of this world. Don't allow others to stop you from hearing or receiving your blessing from God. Don't you be the interrupter from receiving what God is saying to you. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.